Hello everybody and welcome to That's The Issue, the comic book podcast that gets to know you through the issues that you love. My name is Matt Loon and with me as always is my co-host, Mr Wes Messer. Wes, how are you doing this evening? Not too bad, how about yourself Matt? I'm very good, thank you, yeah, and uh, part of the reason why I'm good is because we've got a special guest with us this month. Special guest, uh, We are joined... Uh, Exactly. That's that's the kind of uh, that's the kind of enthusiasm I like. Um, we are joined um, once again um, by the social media manager of Multiplicity Comics, Miss um, Kate Kasersky. Kate, welcome to the show. Hey y'all! I got wine. I got air conditioning. I'm good. <laughs> You're all good and ready to go. And no, Mister Blobby. Oh Lord. <laughs> hey, that that is our okay. We got we we have to stay on brand. And that <laughs> yep. is associated with that's the issue. We've got our one Mr. Blobby reference in, and that's all. <laughs> okay. He was just waiting for me to hit the record button before he started bringing up Mr. Blobby. I had to. It's I'm in your promo. No, it's not. It's Come in on. your promo yeah. for the show, which when I learned yeah, that the is, first yeah. time, I nearly tripped and fell in the middle of the Central Terminal. <laughs> Bobby boy, anyway, let's, let's, let's serious faces, serious faces, as serious as we can be, and let's get back on track. <laughs> yeah, serious as we can be with the, with the like the specter of Blobby hanging over us. But um, but yeah, so this uh, this month we like to have a um, we like to have a theme for the episodes. Um, and uh, last episode it was weird. Um, it was uh, weirdest comic books in your collection. Oh, I um, have a late entry for that call. one, y'all. Oh, really? Um, it actually sort of ties in with today's topic. So look at this oh, synergy. This ah. synergy is beautiful. So okay, when I went to an exhibit at the Society of Illustrators on the art of the Avengers in the gift shop, they had some hmm. comics. Nothing overly fancy. It was like two for five dollars or something so i'm flipping through looking for some stuff i like and i found x-men in dutch oh wow (laughs) i need to find i had a um i need to find one of my old contacts from when i used to work in my day job with european accounts um one person I was in touch with were in the Netherlands is actually now in the United States. And I need to drop him a line, be like, yeah, next time you come to New York, you want to translate an X-Men comic for me? But it is X D de X Manen. It's got Magneto on the front and that's all I can tell you. <laughs> is it like a specially printed issue or is it like an actual original issue of Uncanny X-Men, but just in Dutch? If I speak, to, if I get my friend to translate it, I'll let you know. Look, <laughs> you find out, yeah. I, I just sort of flipped through it. It looks, it's mid nineties, I think. Mid oh, cool. Nineties. It's yeah. I'm gonna err and say it's more like late nineties at the earliest because it does have in the back with the letters there are email addresses attached with letters, which is also looking at domain names is how I figured out it was yeah, from yeah. the Netherlands. So I'm guessing it's late nineties at the earliest. Wow. Oh, that's so cool. See, I've, I've almost got like a late entry myself as well because um, I, the weirdest comic I own in my collection, which I mentioned on last month's episode, is like a kind of short choose your own adventure zombie book set in Brighton um, that I thought was very weird and like kind of a small press thing. But I forgot that I had, and I've literally got it in front of me now. It's on my, um, it's on my desk. I bought when I went um, on, when me and my wife went to California uh, last month or the month before. Um, we went to Alcatraz, and when you go to Alcatraz, they they've got comics um, in Alcatraz that are officially 
um, officially licensed by um, the US Penitentiary, um, oh. and it's an official comic series called Escape from Alcatraz. It's basically comic comic book versions of the many escape attempts that have happened over the years in Alcatraz. Um, and I picked this one because it's called Escape from Alcatraz, The Dummy Head Breakout. And it's um, the creative team on it is Steve Lieber and Sarah Ryan. Dang. So like Sarah Ryan, I'm not familiar with, but Steve Lieber, obviously, um, you know, I'm quite familiar with. Um, and it was just quite weird to see like um, to see these comics. There's 14 of them in all. And this is issue 13. But they're all like kind of standalone issues. Um, and as far as I know, you can only buy them when you visit Alcatraz. Um, but um, but yeah, that's re- it's really cool. I'm gonna um, I've not even actually cracked the cover on it yet, but I'm gonna sit and read it at some point because uh, I'd completely forgotten that I'd bought it. So that's a contender for weird comic for me as well. What what would be? I was actually thinking about this, and I do own a, a comic about Saint Francis that Marvel did back in like like the eighties. <laughs> oh wow! Because Marvel had his Marvel's done. Marvel did like a few random like religious comics. They did one. On uh on the on a uh, Pope uh, John Paul, mm. and they did another one on Saint Francis. They did a couple of, like really weird like religious comics, just like a, some weird like publishing deal they had at the yeah. time. And I was like back in like that eighties period. Like, really, I found that like a local at this like record and comic expo I went to a little while back, and it was like Saint Francis. It was like a I think like a buck, and they're like, okay, <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Saint Francis hit my laptop. Uh, um, let's see, but yeah, it's like Saint Francis comic. Okay, let's do this. And... <laughs> it's like when you see those random kind of Jesus action figures in like shops that they're meant to be ironic, but then you also look and go, oh yeah, I really do want a Jesus action figure though. Well, there is a G- you know half price is like when you I get half price books in my area. If you go mm. to certain stores, you'll see like a Jesus action figure hanging out like near all the Bibles. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like you, I've seen like a legit like Jesus action figures. It's like. And it's like, huh, you know, I should get one of those Jesus action figures. And then you can have <laughs> Just your... imagine it like on my shelf next to Superman and uh, Daryl from Walking Dead. Yeah, like, like, that is a weird Daryl little collection of people. <laughs> and then next, this like, way, your action figures are blessed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like when I had, like... I had to go to New Orleans for work recently and I get on the, our connecting flight and I walked, I'm walking to my seat in the back and th- there's a priest. I'm like, okay, we good. Plane's not going down. We gonna get out of here. We get out <laughs> yeah. of Charlotte on time. We got we, we it, got yeah. father, right next to it. Like we got father sitting in first first class. God ain't gonna mess with that. Nope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <sighs> so the um the theme for this uh, this month's episode then is um all about comic book uh, conventions or exhibitions um and uh, and shows because I um. Well, firstly, it was because, uh, Kate, you've been to a couple of interesting ones recently um, that I wanted to talk with you about. Um, but also, SDCC, San Diego, San Diego Comic-Con, is coming up um, this week, uh, this weekend. And uh, so I thought in a kind of bit of a cheap cash-in of um, the SDCC craze and to kind of use the use the hashtags that are trending with all the, uh, the cool kids, I thought we'd kind of like hop on that bandwagon and, uh, and get on board with it. Um, but... Um, <laughs> yeah exactly um so um so yeah so the question we sent out was what's the best comic book or general geek uh, exhibition convention or show you've been to and if you haven't got one or one doesn't come to mind what's one you've always wanted to go to and why so it's a bit of a wordy question but i wanted to try and keep it as um as kind of broad as possible really um and it's a little difficult because i've never been to any major um comic cons um and i don't know what you've been to wes 
Um, but, I went to um, one meter show, but I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, but we've got plenty. Um, I opened it up to uh, the Multiversity staff as well, so we've got plenty of answers to dig through. Um, but first and foremost, the reason why we're uh, why we're on this subject um, is because of you, Kate, and uh, the um, awesome kind of exhibitions you've been to recently. Yeah, it just happens that these two comics-related exhibits at two completely different uh, cultural institutions in New York opened up within weeks of each other. And the good news is for anybody who is thinking ahead to New York Comic Con or planning a vacation here in the summer, first of all, hit me up. I'd love to meet y'all. Second, they're going to be open through <laughs> at least, one of them's open through October, end of October, and the other one's open for the rest of this year. So I'll do that one first, and that's at the New York Transit Museum, which first of all is this really cool museum in Brooklyn. It is a decommissioned New York City subway stop, and it is the history of the transit system in New York. So you walk through, they have old school turnstiles where you put in the tokens, which were phased out in the late 90s to early 2000s. There are decommissioned subway cars that you can walk through with vintage ads, uh, which they do. Uh, the Transit Museum does run um, during the holidays. They'll like have a special though, like a holiday train where you can sit in a car from like the 1940s ads and all. But they have an exhibit called Underground Heroes, New York Transit and Comics. And it is literally what it says. It's comic books, comic strips, comic books, and satirical cartoons from the 19th century through today. And it's just a range of all sorts of visual storytellers about different things we see, we hear, we experience on the New York City subway. And the reason I had heard about this is my friend Tony Wolf, who is a comic artist in his own right. He's been published in the New York Times and does his own webcomic called Green Point of View had a piece hmm. in the show because one of his oh, wow. one of his stories was set on the g train um and i'm not going to tell you about it because you have to go read the comic for yourself but it's pretty amusing <laughs> and he had a, a portion of it in the show so i was like oh, i want to go see my friend and it's a fascinating little exhibit you see things from like how the transit system has been depicted in anything from cartoons um poking fun at the subway to old school horror comics from the 50s and 60s with monsters that live in the subway to something like Gwenpool, um, Gwenpool Spider-Man, The Punisher. It really has a range of everything. And even New Yorker cartoons. One of my favorite ones was a, a astronaut sitting at Houston Street. And if you've never <laughs> been to New York, you know Houston is spelled just like the city Houston, but not yeah. pronounced like Houston. And the caption is Houston, we have a pronunciation problem. Uh, so, fun. so it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a very inexpensive museum to get into. You can easily just spend a morning there, which is what I did. Yeah. And the second exhibit is at the Society of Illustrators, which is in Manhattan, a great place to visit. They do, uh, they sponsor MochaFest, which is the Museum of Comic and Cartoon Arts little festival in the spring. But they have a new exhibit hmm. on the art of the Avengers. Now, I'd gone to this oh, one cool. when it opened on July 5th, and it looked like they were still installing some stuff. So I, I want to go back and see if there's anything that's different. But it does feature art from Steve Ditko, Jack Kirby, John Romita, Walt Simonson. And this is on display through the end of October. And it's vintage from all years hmm. of Marvel comic history. Um, it's very, when I went, it was very heavy Spider-Man and the Hulk and a Thor maybe running about a third, 
So I was kind of a little disappointed. So I was expecting a few more of the Avengers. But yeah. as I said, I went the day that the exhibition literally opened and there it's possible that they were still installing some art, but you're looking at original storyboard drawings. You can see where the artists have whited out mistakes in pencil and ink. It's pretty cool. And I, I the irony was that I went the, I went the day before Steve Ditko died. Oh, wow. And I had, I was still going through pictures oh. and I jokingly had took a shot of one of the panels where it said, well, you know, some, some joke about how Stan lets Steve, good old Steve take the, t- you know, get the top byline this time. And mm. it's a well-known fact if um, Stan Lee and Steve Ditko did not get along. No. And I post this and a couple Ooh. hours later, I get an alert on my phone that he had passed away. And I was like, well, don't I feel like an ass? <laughs> <sighs> Oh, well, well, I mean, you want to know, but yeah, and I apologize anybody listening with the noise in the background. I have I'm sitting in my office, like literally right next to my air conditioner, because I, otherwise I'm going to die because it's hot in, in Connecticut. But it's a fun exhibit. It's timed perfectly for the release of Infinity War in the theaters. I believe that's coming out on Blu-ray here in the states in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So it's I would have liked to have seen more of other Avengers, but this was coming from private collection so you take what you can get yeah 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 i I mean i had a similar experience with um the the last exhibition i went to was um dc dc superheroes and it was i think i've mentioned it on the show before it was um i think it was called dc universe dawn of the superheroes and it was um loads of it was pretty much covered every type of media of dc comics so it had loads of um costumes from the movies it had um animation cells from the various cartoons it had um props it had conceptual art it had um storyboards from um everything from like kind of batman returns to to superman to you know to everything to all to justice league and all right up to the modern day and but it also had like a lot of comic book art and i was kind of I was expecting it to have a lot of movie stuff, movie memorabilia and things like that, which they always tend to have, you know, a lot of kind of costumes and things. Um, But I wasn't expecting as much comic book art as it had. Um, And I loved the fact that there was so much original art from, you know, whether it was original covers, whether it was kind of uh, individual pages. Um, It had, you know, loads of really famous pieces of work as well. So it had like pages from, like Brian Bolland pages from The Killing Joke, um, it had um, it had loads of um, old Legion of Superheroes. It had um, you know loads of kind of uh, Silver Age, Bronze Age comics all the way through to the modern day. And it had a um, a whole wall of um, covers of um, Amanda Connor work from uh, Harley Quinn, and that was in the kind of um, the ju- the Suicide Squad section. Um, but similar to what you were saying about the Avengers, where it focuses on certain characters, this uh, exhibition started each kind of room or like kind of area st- focused on a different character. As you had a massive section that was Superman, then a massive section on Batman, um, a smaller section on Wonder Woman, and then it was um, General General Justice League. So it's just kind of like all of them in one, and then Suicide Squad at the end. So it was kind of very much geared around people who are coming in having seen the movies um so it would have been nice to have seen more of a kind of um generic dc comics like i'd like to have seen a load of kind of random dc stuff like there was only one um there was only one page drawn by jack kirby 
um, and it was the cover to Forever People number one. Um, and it was, that was only there because Superman was on the cover, so it was kind of part of the Superman exhibit. Um, otherwise, there was there was no kind of New Gods stuff, or there was no um, just kind of random DC comics characters that you like that are outside of the normal, um, like top three or four. Um, but yeah, that was a really good exhibit as well, and that was like um, that was in. Um, I went to see that in March in the O2 in London, um, and that is running. I'm pretty certain that's running through till September. So if people did still want to go see that, they still have got time to go see that if they're in London as well. And I should add, these museums um, in New yeah. York are just are really easy to get to transit wise. So you're not, I'm not, especially especially mm. the one in Brooklyn. I'm not sending you to the bowels of Brooklyn. It is like the first stop <laughs> on most lines in downtown Brooklyn, and you walk two blocks. So these are, if you, they're perfectly yeah, timed yeah. for, if so you're coming in for New York Comic Con, you need a break from the Javits, or you don't have a ticket that day, you can get your comic fix two other ways. And they're both under $20 admission, and you still have more to see and do in both of these cultural institutions besides the comic exhibits. Yeah. Well, yeah, that new, the Transit Museum alone, like, I'm fascinated by that. I love all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I would say it's very, although I haven't been, um, it's very similar to the London Underground Museum. Um, okay, yeah. So it, I, and I say I've never been because I walked in the gift shop, bought one Mind the Gap t-shirt for my niece and left. <laughs> but it's, it's fascinating to take a walk through transit history. Um, they have an exhibit also running on um, the transits, the New York transit system's responses to net, to disasters. So there's a bit about september 11th there's a bit about superstorm sandy so that that's i didn't get a chance to walk through that for various reasons but it's still very it's an interesting museum you you don't and you're not going to spend a full day there i did like half a day and half, yeah, like, yeah. and even the society of illustrators it's these aren't big galleries this isn't like a big exhibit at the med or at the museum of modern art yeah yeah that's cool that's really good what about you, Wes? Is there any kind of, um, you said there's any one big show you've been to? Now that, yeah, like the one big show I've ever been to, like, like in my entire life is probably, I went to Heroes Con a few years back, back in, oh okay. gosh, shoot, it's been a lot, it's been a while, it's been a lot, like, <laughs> it was at least, I think, probably, shit, wow, what year was that, gosh, it's been a while, but yeah yeah it was but it was funny it was like i was me of a couple people there at the time and that show was a at, heroes con was probably the most overwhelming like it was like my my first and only really big show and it was like almost overwhelming because like you go down an escalator and you see like the massive booths and stuff and people and artists and everything and you're like yeah whoa holy crap and they were like and there's like the girl was like she was like wes if you're overwhelmed now just wait till you get in there and I'm like holy <laughs> crap it's like stuff everywhere it's like like every single sort of like because the one thing about heroes con is and i, I know and i know people who went to it now it's still the, the one show that has not really been become co-opted by the hardcore pop culture con concepts mm. like yeah like here like in my area we have uh Cincinnati comic expo which is now a pop culture con it's a comic expo in name only 
um, is mostly pop yeah, culture yeah. con. Um, Wizard World, pop culture con. And and so pretty much is pretty most of the shows that come around here are pop culture styled invest like conventions rather than actual like like they're they still have comics in the name somewhere, but yeah. It's most but like Curious Con is the only show that sort of like has not been like totally co-opted by a pop and it sort of shows in its nature because it's like, yeah, that's it's like the last show where you'll see like sort of like that comic based community hang out and kind of do their thing rather than but the year I was there was the year Mick Foley was happening to launch a comic book. And <laughs> so that was that was the so he was and I don't know if that comic ever came out, but it was like an image book he was working on or something. He was there and it never came out. I don't Oh no way. And but I got to meet Mick Foley, so hey, that was a bonus of my trip. And Yeah, but you weren't expecting that. I was not expecting I was like, Mick Foley's here? Really? <laughs> okay. So that's how I and then it was like the it was like the stun the, that second day I was there, Mick Foley was sort of like wandering around the show, half tired out of his mind. That boy was tired. But yeah. bless his heart, he went. He was like, hi. He was like, oh, he's like, hey. He was like, hey. I was like, hi. Hi, Mick. I, I think I think either Mr. Foley or Mick or I, I do not know. <laughs> I was sort of shocked by the whole thing that I was. And yeah. he was like, he's like, hey, how you doing? And and I'm like, okay, it's like, I, and I, I was like, and I was supposed to, at one point I wanted to meet him because there was like a, he had his book, uh, Tatum Brown, that was, and I was, I was really wanting to go to the signing, but it was like, I was like in the, I had to do a work a shift that day, so I couldn't get off, but it was like, dang it. And he was like, he's like, oh, that sucks. So he was very, yeah. he was very, he was very nice. He did, he did the bang, bang pose, the Cat's Jack bang, <laughs> nice. bang pose with, with me. And yeah. he was in a picture. And he's, he is one, he's a very genuinely nice man. Like for him being as tired out of his eyeballs and willing to chat with me, he was for like a few minutes. I'm like, dude, I I was only yeah. expecting like a quick, hi, how are you? I was not expecting like you to want to take a photo or more than that. So outside of that, it's like, nice. but outside of that with Heroes Caught, it was also like the show where I completed like collections of stuff and met all sorts of random people, met the creators of Atomic Robo. I was like, it was sort of like I was just meeting people. I was. It was like, mm. it was just before I got into like Twitter and all like the online comic internet stuff. So I had. I was just like me <laughs> wandering, and yeah, young yeah. and innocent and, I, and, I and unsullied by Twitter. Unsullied and unsullied <laughs> before the days of like everything, and and um, but but it was like it was fascinating and. It was a very, it was yeah. a fun show and it was like overwhelming. It was like very overwhelming. You're like, whoa. And I, I was just, but it was one of those shows where, but then it was like, but then it's like the other shows I've ever been to, like the comic expos in this area. Like, it's like the, the first couple years of it before it became full blown pop culture cons were a lot of fun. And yeah. then, and then after that, it became more of a celebrity show, a little more celebrity. Like when I started getting celebrities and, it wasn't too bad at first. And in fact, they were kind of interspersed with the main, like the artist alley stuff and so on. So, mm. and that was how I met Henry yes, Winkler. Oh, wow. You met Henry Winkler. Henry Winkler is one of the most genuinely nice human beings. That He's really, like, Mick Foley was nice. Oh, Henry yeah. Henry Winkler's, like, scary nice. Like, I think you've mentioned this in the show before. I, 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 but yeah. it's, like, it was a quick, he was, 
he was happy to be on the floor. He was in transit to his booth. And I was like, hi, like, hi. I was like, hey, Henry, you're awesome. He's like, he was like, oh, what a lovely thing to say to another human being. And oh, hi. It's like, it's like, well, hi, I'm Wesley. Hi, I'm Henry. Nice to meet you. <laughs> well, no, very, his handler was probably wanting to smack me. But yeah. Henry Winkler, yeah, yeah. I have learned he don't care. He like I heard the heard stories later where if you if, if someone was like happened to be in line and they said they missed an autograph, he would be like, Oh, I'll get you back in, no problem. And yeah. Henry Winkler does oh. not care. Yeah, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. He'll supersede the yep. show. He'll he just don't care. He's like, because he is that genuinely nice a guy. He's like, he doesn't. And it's funny when you see him on interviews and he's like, well, hi. And everyone ever sees him, like, you're the nicest guy. Like, he yeah. is the nicest guy. I, we can Anyone who's ever met oh. him attest to it, like he is one of the nicest Jeffrey people. D. Morgan and from Supernatural also, is the exact same way. Um, I had friends who went to one of those Supernatural conventions in New Jersey. And he was with, my friend was waiting online to get his Walking Dead 100 sign, first appearance in Egan. And he was oh yeah yeah so nice. He was talking to everybody, giving everyone hugs to the point that his handlers are like, "Mr. Morgan, you have a panel, and you have to get back on a plane to Atlanta to go finish filming The Walking Dead." So he's like, "All right, we're gonna do one <laughs> run down this line." So my friend's still in line. He hasn't even made it up to the table yet. He gets a hug. He gets a signature. He's like, "Dude, I want you to play Batman." He's like, "Yeah, I know me too," but the fact that he took so much time to talk to people <laughs> that his handlers were like. Mr. Morgan, you gotta you, you got obligations. But he's he's apparently yeah. a really nice like That's really cool. And it's nice because like it's such a it's such a massive ask for them as well, because like they there's so many people that they've got to see, and there's so many kind of thousands of people that want to see them that like to actually take the time to to spend a, you know, even like ten or twenty seconds with each person really adds up so like i i I never really understand those kind of celebrities that always look like really kind of bored and they don't want to be there it's just like dude you know you're you know you're being paid to be there like but at least kind of you know try and enjoy yourself but at the same time i could totally i don't know whether i would be able to do it considering how much how much money people are spending on some of these deals that they have with the celebrities i mean Mm. some of these celebrity autographs run like it's like a hundreds to like eight, like from like the low end, like 30, 40, like hundred, sometimes two. I mean, it gets pretty ridiculous. Oh, honey, in there. Mark Hamill and, in New York Comic Con yeah. last year was 300 for a photo op. Holy oh, I, um, wow. we did now. My friend and I did a photo op with Peter Capaldi and Pearl Mackey from Doctor Who, and that was 200. We split the cost, and I thought that was worth it, but okay, yeah. You gotta be real fan yeah, I mean, to pay three hundred dollars for a photo op. Yeah, just a photo with him, and that's the thing. Like, I never really want a signature. I'm never really bothered by signatures. Like, it's not. I don't know what I do with it. Like, I just kind of, whenever I meet kind of musicians after gigs and stuff, I always get them to like kind of sign the ticket or something. But uh, then I just the I lose the ticket. I have no idea where it is. Whereas I like to just meet them and kind of shake their hand or just say hello to them, say a few words to them. But like a photo would be cool. But I always kind of assume with a photo that I always kind of think, oh, it, it's like 
that's not the thing you pay for like a lot of people pay for a signature because then that's kind of a physical thing that's worth something whereas a photo of you with that person is only really important or significant to you so like like I always think yeah. well, why would you pay for that and like I always think you pay for a signature and then go oh can I get a quick selfie or something but no it's a it's a big business isn't it like getting photos and photo opportunities and actually like meet and greets and things like that Oh, we had to like we had to book it on the website in advance, and then you show up at a certain you show up at the time slot you're selected, and they could be running oh, late. Wow. Like ours was, I think, like six, like five thirty or five forty-five, but Pearl Mackey was running late from signing autographs, so she didn't get over there twelve or six. So mm. this led to a bit of a hilarious interlude with my friend trying to run back up to the show floor to get. Um, autograph from Adam Savage, formerly of Mythbusters, to get oh, his yeah. signature. I'm mm-hmm. holding her place in line. I'm like, you ain't going to make it, honey. She made it. <laughs> and with enough time oh, wow, for me brilliant. to run back up there myself, get yeah. the autograph for myself, tell the entire story <laughs> to Mr. Savage, who finds this completely amusing. And I'm like, I'm yeah. New York Comic Con. <laughs> oh, the, the whole rest of the weekend could go to shit. I just won New York Comic Con yeah. just based on this. <laughs> Of course he get a kick out of it. He's he's like he gets it. Yeah. He, I get it. Like this is this is hilarious. See, I like now now here's the thing. Were Pearl Mackey and Peter Capaldi as cool as what they seem to be when they when you got the Um He is very tall and very thin. And <laughs> I was excited because I had gone on a work trip. Um, again, I in my day job I used to work with European clients in higher education. I had gone to his alma mater to visit them and talk to the librarians there, um, which is the Glasgow School of Art. And I was trying to tell me, yes, I've been to your alma mater. I talked with the librarians. I saw the Macintosh, which uh, tragically had just burnt down and they were in the process of rebuilding it. And I couldn't get any of those words out. But these photo (laughs) are really like, get in, get your picture, shuffle it along. It's like you don't. Yeah, it is business. It is all business. No pleasure. So it was more of, okay, we get in, we get our picture, boom, boom, we're out of there. We pick up our, we pick up the, the printout of the photo because we get a, we, we got a, like a yeah. printout of the photo and then we get a digital copy if we wanted a digital copy ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. My friend, I, my friend, Laura told me a story of when she met Matt Ryan at a, at a heroes at one of the uh, heroes and villains shows. Mm. Things, yeah. That's, that's what it was. Heroes and villains shows. And she said, Matt Ryan is one of the nicest guys on for him playing Constantine. Yeah, yeah. He's one of the nicest human. He said, she said, okay, that that he made like she's like, well, I'm a little nervous. I want to be a good picture. She's like, he's like, oh, don't worry about it. We'll make it a great picture. Yeah. And he seems to really like throw himself into the fandom. Like he's kind of completely I've seen loads of photos where he's like totally taken on like the Constantine character while he's having photo opportunities and stuff like that a hug i mean he gave her a hug he he talked with her he he don't care yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. just like ah. he's like he gave her a hug he was like he's like here you go gave her a hug and it's like got the picture and he's i'm like she's like he's so nice that's <laughs> nice like, see i've never so been Matt, like I've never been to a, a big a big convention like that. So I've never been to like a big American convention. I've been to, um, I went to, I used to go to like a show in, in uh, the UK in Birmingham called Memorabilia, which is exactly yeah. what it sounds like really. It's a lot of, um, a lot of kind of pop culture more than comics. Um, and they had comics there, but they also had loads of games. They had like, I was really into kind of like Magic the Gathering and Star Trek um, 
card game and stuff like that. So I used to okay. go there for that. Um, but then they had like celebrities. They always used to have like at least one or two Doctor Who's. They'd have like the Red Dwarf cast. Uh, they'd have like, but then they'd have people from like EastEnders and stuff. So it wasn't always kind of geeky. It was just kind of general celebrities and um, like kind of collectors fairs and things like that. Um, but that was like in the huge exhibition halls. Um, but I can't even imagine how big like San Diego Comic-Con gets like and that's kind of I get anxiety like palpitations just thinking about the size of the crowds that go into those kind of places uh, yeah I, I saw a picture <laughs> I saw a picture of uh, someone puts a picture up of Anime Expo mm. and what it looked like and from like they were looking from like the bottom floor like from the top floor onto the bottom and they went someone said my anxiety's going up just from seeing that because they don't cap they don't cap off the attendance. So. Oh, wow, wow, wow! And New York Comic Con is the same in. way. As long as you have a ticket, it's not like they close the Javits Center, the main convention center in New York City, where they have New York Comic Con. Um, and last year it was a hot mess because ha- a good chunk of the Javits Center, where they would have the Artist Alley, the, on the northern portion mm. of the convention center, was closed for construction. So. Oh, wow. Imagine about a quarter of the space gone. It That's is. Crazy. And I yet I still go all four days and I am always grateful that yeah. the next day that the day after that, that Monday is uh often a, is a federal holiday in the US, Columbus Day, where my company's closed. That's called Recover from New York Comic Con Day. Yeah. And you're going to um San Diego Comic Con this year as well, aren't you? No, no, I am I am not doing San Diego. It is uh, my bucket list one day. Mm-hmm. Um, I should be at New York Comic Con in a press capacity for multiversity. We're just waiting on approval of the press application. Oh, and that's for NYCC. That's for NYCC. Yeah, um, I've done. I've been trying to do smaller cons because I find again that it's becoming too pop culturey. Yeah, and I do love that pop culture aspect, yeah. but there are sometimes like my mother and sister just got into Funko figures and I blame myself for this. (laughs) Yeah. And there was one year that Funko was releasing at their booth, golden girls, Funko figures. And it was going to be, it was going to be an exclusive. Uh Oh Oh my God. I remember seeing the picture of those. (laughs) At least once a week I had post on Facebook and remind my mother if I don't get a ticket to shop in the Funko booth, you ain't getting Golden Girls Funkos. <laughs> right? Are we clear? I am not everybody's pack mule. Yeah. So it's, I, I've been trying to go to smaller cons for that reason. I did Big Apple Con for the first time this year, which is more of a traditional comic book convention. They, the biggest names that they had there um, in pop culture were um, Wilson Cruz, who my little gen x heart remembers him as ricky from my so-called life but he's now on star trek discovery and um um the guy from seinfeld who's very good looking the older guy and i'm blanking on his name right now he hosted family feud here in the states for a while oh oh my john thank you john uh, John o'hurley was there so there there was like your not your A-list, but maybe your C or D-list celebrities, names mm. that you recognize, but not to the extent of like a Stan Lee or a Mark Hamill. And yeah, it was yeah. it was hot as balls that day, but I had a lot of fun. I mean, I, I learned to haggle because I basically haggled with some dealer for a bunch of back issues. He's like, 
I'm going to have to pull these back. If you're asking for 75 for a four, I'll give you all four for 50. Sold. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> so, so the C, I've always found like some of the C or D list celebrities seem relatively chill. Mm. Then like relatively, I'm, I've, so I've heard of some that can be um interesting, but most, but as I, like General Hurl, he seems like a nice guy. From what the interviews, he seems pretty nice for for someone who was on one of the number top rated sitcoms on television history. It's like even a small role. It's like like yeah, he seems relatively nice. Yeah. Did you get to run into him, Kate, or did he? So here's my thing. I used to work at. I volunteered at an art museum in New York, and as part of our training, we were told about celebrities coming in. So our rule, we were always taught, be respectful of the celebrities. They're here to see the museum. You don't want to bother them. So I've always been like, I'm going to hold back. If I wait online, I'll be respectful. But it's, I'm not going to stalk people. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, I, that's I, my I'm... museum training kicking in. So I like, I, I snuck a picture of him from afar, which did feel a little stalkerish. But I was like, okay, nobody's <laughs> looking. Click. Yeah, I I don't tend to get like I don't think I've ever got starstruck with like celebrities. I think it's just I I kind of go into a bit of a mode where it's just like they're just people, and so I kind of. Yeah. But then the opposite side of that is I try to talk to them like they're just regular people, and like I think they like I, there are some people that just don't like that, and I think that's exactly the same with regular strangers. <laughs> it's like if I go up to a stranger and just start exactly, talking to them. Like that, that they would feel weird about that as well. So there's been like a few times where me and my wife have met like kind of country stars, like country music stars. And there's been like, my wife is like adorable because she'll kind of go bright red and she'll pull this kind of awkward, embarrassed little smile. Um, and she'll um, and she'll like really kind of like, you know, have, have a lovely time and really meet them, but be very polite and gracious. Whereas I'll kind of throw myself into it a bit too much and just kind of be shameless and go right up to them and shake their hand and everything. And it's just like, that's fine if you even have half know them but like you i don't even know them i don't even half know them so it's like they are literal strangers to you have just got to be respectful i suppose that was our training at the museum be respectful just give them and give them their space do not fangirl except for the time tracy ullman came in and then we were all fangirling <laughs> oh wow yeah my supervisor at the time was sitting at our one of our little stations with me and he's literally falling over the front of the desk and he's like come back do something funny <laughs> Hello, we're the hosts of the Multiversity Manga Club podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Zach. And I'm Walter. Each month, we pick a manga to read and discuss among ourselves. Past books include Monster, A Silent Voice, and Pokemon Adventures. We also look back on the past month's installments of Weekly Shonen Jump, discussing the highs and lows from the Viz Anthology. We've even discussed notable manga adaptations like Netflix's Death Note. At the end of each episode, we announce next month's book club pick so you can read along with us. We're always open to suggestions for future books as well. So join us on the first Friday of every month on multiversitycomics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. Um, well, let's uh, let's get to some of the um, responses that I uh, that we fielded from Multiversity staff to um, the question about uh, their favourite uh, cons or exhibitions or shows that they've been to, and we'll start with a couple that um, mention Heroes Con, Wes. So, like um, 
Benjamin Birdie says, um, Heroes Con in Charlotte is hands down the best in the biz. No booth presence from publishers or video games or whatever, just creators and local stores. Everyone is amazing there. And since it's not a monster con, you can really spend time and talk to creators. Uh, the best part is that pretty much everyone stays in the same hotel. So after the con, the lobby and hotel bar turn into a giant party where fans and creators can just hang out together. Also, there's a Bojangles on the convention grounds. Nothing can beat it. Does that sound like similar to your experience? I wish I would have been there for the Bojangles. <laughs> I, I've never got, I never got the tribo jangles. I had people there who got the tribo jangles. I didn't get the tribo jangles. I didn't know it was there. <laughs> well, uh, well, John O'Neill also says, I co-signed Benjamin's commendation of heroes, although I got my Bojangles chicken biscuit at the airport on the way out of town. And he's put the artist alley experiences second to none, wide aisles, manageable attendance. I feel like it's one of the convention circuit's best kept secrets. Um, and he shared a picture of his New Gods uh, jam piece that he's got. And he started what I think will end up being a pretty epic New Gods jam piece, like sketches from um, from artists. That's so awesome. If there was one thing that New York Comic Con did wrong last year, it was Artist Alley. Because, again, there's a quarter of that space in the Javits Center completely gone. So it was moved to a smaller portion of the center where in years past it had been sort of an over, like the B stage, B, the, the B stage, or one year it was like a whole virtual reality fair, but it was just too crowded. And they had the same amount of tables that they would have had in the previous Artist Alley space. We call it the airplane hangar because that's really what it looks like, an airplane hangar. And it was crowded yeah. and it was hot. <laughs> and the first day the air conditioning broke. So even in October, yeah, and, and this was October, an unseasonably no. warm October for New York. It was hot <laughs> as balls. Oh, no. Yeah, you can't be doing that. And you mentioned, um, Kate, as well, that you've been to FlameCon. Yes. Like um, Fl- New York's LGBT Comic Con. Yes. And FlameCon is the, I, I want to brag and say we're the, lar- we're the, we're the first and largest um, LGBTQ plus Comic Con in the U.S., if not the world. And it's co-founded and it was put on by Geeks Out, which is an organization I've volunteered with for the past year and I adore them. And the goal with that is they try to amplify queer voices in geek culture. So it's a safe space where you can have fun. And when I was looking at ways to support marginalized communities in our current political climate, it's like I want to have fun doing it. So Geeks Out was just perfect. And they put on a con and this is their fourth year. It's going to be in August. It's and I'm doing this off the top of my head, so uh, forgive me if these are incorrect, but it's August 20th and 21st. And new location, bigger location this year at the Sheraton Times Square. So I can hear every New Yorker oh, wow. who listens to this podcast going, oh, fuck, you're going to make me go to Times Square? It's the northern, it's like the <laughs> northern fringes. But we have yeah. panels, they have special guests. Last year's um, big special guest was Robin Lord Taylor from Gotham. And from what oh, I can awesome. say, he was, I was not there because somebody's boyfriend planned a vacation that week. And I could not break his heart. Damn you, North American <laughs> solar eclipse. But from what I heard, he was the nicest guy. So just to give you an idea, oh, wow, on our website, so cool. it's um, August 18th and 19th, I'm sorry. Some of the guests we have, we're going to have Aaron Nations, who wrote Gumballs, James Tinney in the fourth, Jen Martell, Kevin Wada, cool. my homegirl Magdalene Visaggio, who has, oh shit, it's Kim and Kim coming back, and I'm thrilled, um, Cena Grace, yes, uh, T. Franklin. Which is very exciting. Um, so, and there's still, 
guests awesome. panels being announced. Um, you probably won't see the panels and the final guests until maybe yeah, yeah. a few more weeks, but it's a lot of fun. There's a, there are artists vending, there are autographs, there is cosplay. There is a great cosplay contest and it is a, it is a wonderful, safe space for people. We are, we've had nothing but great experiences with convention center staff, with people, attendees. Nobody's a dick. Nobody's a fanboy. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, you feel loved there. That's really cool. And Jess Camacho agrees with you as well because she wrote in saying, Flamecon is, Flamecon is amazing in every way. Best queer space in the industry, hands down. Uh, as pop culture-esque as NYCC has become, I still really believe they have a stellar artist, Ali. So um, so she loves Flamecon for, the, um, for the, the queer space and she loves the artist, Ali, at NYCC as well. And which is important because these are these are comic convent or they're named as comic conventions and they started out as comic conventions yeah. and a lot of them have kind of turned to kind of you know pop culture generally yeah. um but you know having a good artist alley is important and pretty much the vendor tables at flamecon are just one big artist alley there is no comic book store presence there and truthfully if you want a comic book store presence fix you are within a decent walking distance of midtown comics which is the new york city behemoth of comic book shops right yeah yeah um but there are people there selling their self-published comics independent comics graphic novels or fan art it's re- jewelry t-shirts it's really a beautiful thing because you think of how many independent artists that you're supporting and what's kind of cool is like when you go to the artist alleys in these shows is you can find some really cool stuff in artist alleys like some supremely cool mm. like either like cool comic books or cool stuff in general things that you will never see anything quite like in artist alley and and then because and it yeah, was funny because yeah. i was at that comic expo and i was talking to somebody like yeah i love hanging on artist alley she's like i love you you're like hanging on artist alley like, i do i actually because sometimes you like there's not a lot of actual like comic books you're really hunting for but artist alley is like you're gonna find something that mm. you didn't expect to find so or you never seen before so that's pretty cool and so that, yeah, that is but cool. now but it's like it's funny how like a lot of, like i said the pop culture cons like like a lot of those don't really they do artist alleys but not near to the degree that they once did like some sort of have them but yeah kind of have them and it's kind of it's a weird thing but that's how i met up but yeah. that was funny uh mike paramek's uh family had like a little like Hit, like his couple of his family members live in the area and they had like a little booth in artist alley and like celebrating his like his life mm. and all that stuff and they had some of like like a copy of his Batgirl he he did art for and he, he did that art for first appearance of Batgirl the animated and all that stuff so he was and it was fun mm. and it was interesting because I was I hung out there for a little bit I didn't expect to hang out there but I was just talking with his family members and they were and I got, I got like a hug from his sister. I got a hug from his aunt. I got, I was like, okay, um, thanks, all. You guys are just liking having so someone funny. who just really likes what you're. It's like he does really good work. She's like, thank you for coming to our booth. It means so much. And it's like, okay, oh. And they and they were like the most <laughs> nicest people I have ever. So the other nicest people I ever met is like. Mike Fairbanks family. It was like the nicest two of the nicest people, the nicest people I ever met because they were just so, and they were so unsullied by the comic book convention scenes. They were such 
they were so such lovely people and i was like oh you and, and they were just one of the because they never they never had shown oh, off cool. his work on anything it was sort of like a museum like a mini museum because mike paraback had a relatively mm. short comic book career but he did a lot of cool stuff in his relatively short yeah, comic yeah. career like he he did the illustrations for he did the art for the um justice society of america series which was considered too cartoony at the time and and now mm. i was like yeah you real and like as one of the things you go because they said yeah he was considered too cartoony at the time i'm like you know now he'd be like way more appreciated like 10 times yeah more yeah i think so yeah now than, like yeah people do seem to like that kind of and thing especially like how like how like waringo uh mike waringo now he was like back yeah, like yeah. back now back then he was sort of like some people really liked a lot of people really liked him and other people thought well he's a little too cartoony i'm like now completely different ball game yeah, yeah. it's like, a completely different market is it as well so yeah, it's yeah. like the, the art scene's completely changed from from like the 90s to now now it's like people appreciate they can appreciate almost any art style almost yeah but they can well um, a lot of people now. um a lot of people agree with you about uh, meeting um, kind of artists and creators, and that seems to be a lot of the focus of people when they've been when they've answered this question. Yeah. They always seem to focus more on artists' alley rather than on the kind of big, you know, big Marvel presence and things like that. So, um, uh, Rowan Grover put, um, "We've only got a few over here in Australia, but in a little inland town called Wulongong, we have a convention called Comic Gong. It's a great, with a great name. It's a great showcase that people like Ryan K. Lindsay and Nicholas Scott have attended, and there's a lot of local talent too. It's free and open, so a lot of the community get involved, which gives you the whole place such a nice atmosphere. Lots of support from local cafes and food vendors too, and that's really cool. So that's really nice to have, like, kind of." You know, it's good to be able to to give back to the local community, especially if you bring in a lot of business, which that obviously would. Um, and uh, Gustavo uh, Saraflodi has said to me, it was Comic Con experience in Sao Paulo last year. Four days of events, massive international artist alley, presentations from Marvel, DC, Warner, Netflix, and several interactive exhibitions. So uh, quite a lot of like international, um, you know, Comic Cons or Comic Cons all over the world do tend to you know, hopefully focus on artist alleys and as well. And even at these smaller good. cons, you end up finding out amazing little nuggets of knowledge. I just looked this up. When I was at Big Apple Con this mm -hmm. year, there was a panel on Saturday about gold and silver age comic artists. So you have these very, these these legends of the industry. And it was at this panel that Cy mm. Berry revealed that he drew Martin Luther King and the Montgomery story, which I know was brought up on our last yes. episode about the weirdest comic books in yeah, the collection yeah. mm -hmm. so to refresh everybody's memory this was a comic that was about martin luther king jr rosa parks and the montgomery bus boycott mm. and it was done by the fellowship of reconciliation so it's promoting nonviolent social protest and it was cited by nate powell who wrote the graphic novel march about john representative john lewis as one of his inspirations mm. Well, he was, Siberry was credited on the original cover, but a text box on later editions covered his name up. Oh, wow. So his name was lost to history. No way. Until April 2018 when it was mentioned at this panel. That's crazy. I can't believe that. They, why would they cover up his name? Who knows? Who knows? I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't think it was anything sinister. It was just a sheer... Somebody did bad layout mm. and his name got covered. Yeah, yeah. 
but it had become, and I have a reprint of that comic that I picked up when I went to an exhibit on Nate Powell's March at the Society of Illustrators. And I have to, I'm going to have to dig it out of my long box now and see if it's the reprint that, if it's like the the original that has his name on it, or if it's just the reprint of the text box covers it up. Yeah, yeah. But it's fun. You go to these smaller ones. It's not so much people shilling for whatever their current project is. It is information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not so much trying to tease what you're doing next, but talking a little bit more about yourself. Yeah. And people with a genuine love of the of the craft as well. Um, like Elias Rosner has put, um, I've only been to one comic convention, but SPX was a fantastic place to see a lot of people from web comics and smaller indie things. Uh, not a huge con and seems to be dealer focused as opposed to panel focused. Um, plus it's got the Ignatz Awards. Who doesn't love a brick as an award? Um, so that's good to have that. Um, let's have a look. Who else have we got? Uh, Leo Johnson has put, out of the big cons I've been to, Emerald City Comic Con is probably the best. Lots of really great comic creators there. Artist Alley generally is separate enough from the entertainment stuff that there's no congestion from it. Um, Seattle is a great city. Some of the best con experiences I've had have been at ECCC. Um, I'd love to go to Emerald City Comic Con. Um, every time it comes around every year, like I hear a lot of the podcasts I listen to always tend to kind of be going to Emerald City Comic Con or people I follow on Twitter all seem to be going to Emerald City Comic Con. So it seems to be quite a big a big draw um, for for artists and creators. Um, so, um, so yeah, it seems to be a, a good one to go to. And Seattle's just nerd central right now. Not only do they have Emerald City Comic Con, but the Museum of Pop Culture has Marvel Universe of Superheroes exhibition. They have the Science Fiction Museum, which... I've been to Seattle two or three times, and it seems like every time I go there, I get like the three nice days a year they have, so I just want to stay outside all the time. <laughs> yeah. And the Funko Pops official store is in Everett, which is about an hour's drive away. Oh, wow. So it's like Seattle is like nerd central. Yeah, that's like Nirvana. Um, but uh, Matt Garcia has put, uh, my vote goes to Denver International, uh, Denver Independent Comic and Art Expo, or DINK. It's a small new con, but it draws a wide variety of talent and cartoonists. What's more, unlike many of the other cons I've been to, there are actual cartoonists present, selling books, zines, magazines, one-shots, you name it. And for the most part, they offer the work they made. There's no long boxes full of overpriced back issues. There's no banners of fan art illustrations. It's diverse, welcoming, and various proceeds go to camp comic book which helps kids learn to read using comics there's not one part of that that i don't like that's all sounds amazing i'm, I'm, I'm get me on playing back to denver for that <laughs> yeah yeah with the altitude sickness i had when i went out there in in february i'll just go for that yeah yeah i've got an old uh, college friend that lives in denver now so i'm gonna have to uh i'm gonna have to hit him up and uh, and stop on his <laughs> sleep on his couch even though he's now like married with three kids oh, <laughs> I have to just keep on his couch so i can go back yeah um, Chris Egan, Christopher Egan has put, uh, I've been to Wizard World, uh, I've been to the Wizard Con in Philly. That was a lot of fun. Great guests, awesome giveaways, and an artist alley that made me stop at almost every booth. Uh, I also got a Monster Mania here in uh, NJ, a little outside of this realm, but I love it. Nice, medium sized horror convention. Uh, comes here twice a year, and I go at least once, if not both times every year. Uh, made some great friends there, and it covers all things horror, sci fi, and does delve into superheroes and comics as well. Um, so that'd be cool so there's loads of like kind of there's loads of conventions that we don't even um talk about like i opened it up to general geeky conventions um, and most people you know being being from autoistic comics put comic conventions but there's so many different types of conventions out there oh yeah there's um 
Creation Entertainment is a big and one that does conventions around specific shows. Like they're known for the supernatural conventions that they do, which I will get to one of those one of these days. Yeah, yeah. But they've done like for the TV show Outlander, they've done it for Once Upon a Time, but they they've taken it away from just general pop culture and you focus on that one thing and you get all mm. the super fans in one in one place for one weekend. It's pretty amazing. See, that's pretty cool. And especially if it's something that you love as well, you just kind of let your geek flag fly. Um, and that's really cool because you end up just being surrounded by people that love this very one, like this one specific thing that you love. It's awesome. That sounds really cool. Yeah, like my friends who went, they went with their grandmother. Like <laughs> grandma loves Supernatural. And oh, wow. Her, and, they, and they had bought some photo ops. And my one, my friend Marie is really, really shy. So they'd gotten a photo op with um, with Misha Collins and I think one other star from the show. And my friend's like totally petrified. And your grandmother's like, hey, I'm grandma. Oh. <laughs> And I'm yeah. like, and that's why I'm, and that's why I love your grandma, and I want her to adopt me. Yeah, yeah. I suppose when you get to a certain age, you just don't care about things like celebrities. You'll just go up and meet anyone. I can imagine Mister probably got a kick out um, of that. No. Yeah, I imagine so. She probably didn't meet too many grandmas that day. I'm sure he did. Right I'm sure he did. <laughs> One actual thing I've noticed, and maybe this is just a trend here in the States, is that a lot of high schools are doing little comic conventions yeah. for fundraisers. Um, my friend cool. Steve, who has his own podcast, Dinner in a Podcast, subtle plug, um, is a science <laughs> teacher at Xavier High School, Catholic High School in New York City. And their science fiction and anime club does their own little one-day con. And all the proceeds from admission and vendor tables go to fund the service trips that the kids do every year. That's cool. And I'm That's sitting really there good. thinking to myself, you know, when I was in high school, I mean, I had a fundraise for choir because we did trips to Disney World. I'm like, I sold cookies and soda. I never thought yeah, of yeah. doing like a Comic Con. <laughs> yeah it's not something you'd like that wouldn't be the first thing that comes to mind but like now that you've mentioned it that's an awesome way of raising money yeah and, and i can imagine like some store and some schools being like more open to it now going yeah let's do a little comic convention hey if you can find the space in here go for it have fun yeah, they just do it in the gym yeah, and it's exactly. not it's maybe about 20 25 tables they They've got a couple of long boxes you can plow through. They do giveaways. They've got a little cosplay. It's made, It's really for the kids. And I went because yeah. I want to support yeah. my friend. But I enjoyed myself. I found some original art. Um, even at trade shows, like um, we, the American Library Association, at our, our annual convention, we do a little pop-up Comic-Con. And it's a great way. And we it's a great oh, way cool. for people who have graphic novels for kids and teens to get the word out to librarians. So I'm one of my uh, comic artists and writer. I know Mark Poulton, who does a, does kids graphic novels and actually wrote one with his seven year old son was supposed to exhibit there. And I'm like, these people are going to love your stuff. Circumstances beyond his control forced him to pull out, but they're looking at different ways to capture that audience and to help even in a more, professional work capacity we can still find room that's to have cool fun. yeah you've got to you've got to do stuff like that absolutely and robert pleasant is the uh, the last person on uh, who uh, sent in to us he said i go to a lot of conventions and i mean a lot i've only had the fortune of going to san diego comic-con once and i doubt i'll ever be able to afford it again but there are plenty of local and nearby conventions i love going to 
Um, however, I, the ones I'd rank at the, at the top are coincidentally ones I staff at. FanimeCon is a huge anime convention and in spite of some hiccups now and then has always had a consistently great environment. Um, and another one I really enjoy is KrakenCon in Oakland. Um, steadily growing, brings in some fantastic guests. Uh, plenty of fun activities to do if you want to kill time. Um, and no matter what the con, I almost always have a great time meeting friends, hanging out in cosplay and enjoying the overall nerdy atmosphere. Of course, there are some stinkers out there. And boy, can I tell you tales about those. But these are two of my favorites. Um, and yeah, I think he hits on a couple of really good points there, which is, you know, the bigger cons, the huge cons costs must cost a fortune to go to and not just to go to, but to kind of to properly enjoy it, as in like paying for the meet and greets to, you know, have spending money if you want to buy kind of all the exclusives that you want to buy there. Um, so it must be, you know, that must tie up a hell of a lot of money just for kind of the three or four days that it's there for. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I've heard stories like I heard someone say. They said, yeah, I can get a ticket to San Diego Comic-Con, a free ticket to that, mm-hmm. but I just can't get, but it's like everything else, I can't get the hotel room and everything else paid for. It's like, like if someone would pay, would pay my flight and hotel room fees, sweet, but I yeah. can't afford, but I can't afford, but I can at least get the ticket, but everything else yeah, ain't yeah. happening. Yeah, we day trip for New York Comic-Con, so it's more of like, um, I'm leaving my house. I live an hour train ride outside of New York City. It's okay. like I'm leaving my house at 7 a.m. Like I'm leaving to go to work. And depending on what we have planned that day, I'm not coming home till 11 o'clock at night. Now, just yeah. for the fun of it, I looked up a hotel. I was like, maybe I'll stay over. I'll do like a late, I'll do like one of our part, one of our geeks out parties and stay over in the city. So I looked up the hotel that my company uses for when we have, when, when we have people from our outside offices come to New York City. With the company corporate discount, which we're allowed to use, it was still $250 a night. Wow. And this is a Holiday Inn with a room the size of a box. Yeah, yeah. But they, they put, I imagine they put the prices up because they know people are going to pay them at that weekend. And granted, I was looking probably a month before New York Comic Con. If I was looking maybe six months before, mm. I could probably have gotten something cheaper. But I'm like, I've stayed in this hotel. It is nothing special to write home about. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. the elevators don't even work and it's 50 floors high. I am not paying $250 a night for no, a room. Absolutely not. And, and like, and you know, the other point that Rob makes is, uh, you know, he always has a great time meeting friends, hanging out and enjoying the nerdy atmosphere. And that's, that's the point, isn't it? That's the kind of, that's why you go to these. And I think I, much the same as like when I go to gigs, I'd much rather go to like a small venue and see like an intimate show than I would go to a huge kind of stadium event. I'd much rather go to a smaller con and kind of have the time to meet people, not be kind of like overwhelmed by the crowd and the volume of people um, and just generally meet friends and have a good time and um, then I would do to kind of I think I'd like to go to San Diego Comic-Con to experience the spectacle of it but I can't honestly say that I'd 100% enjoy myself I think I'd be very uncomfortable in that, in that kind of size of people um, so I think um, I think a smaller a smaller con is definitely the way to go for me I think and I remember I got to go to uh, Mid-Ohio Con just before, like the like the one year I went there, it was just before because now it's Wizard World Club, as for anyone, if you're in that okay. urban area. And it Middle Ohio Con when it used to be in hotel at one point, so and they had the Artist Alley and the convention stuff all kind of separated from each other. So that mm. was fun. 
because you got a really intimate artist artist alley, very chilled, very relaxed, very very nice atmosphere. It's like I got to meet Steve Lieber before he became a lot more popular, and I got cool. to, uh, and that's how I got. That's how I have the whiteout uh, graphic novel for a little Steve Lieber sketch, and oh yeah, and that's how I got that. That was pretty cool, and he was exceptionally nice. I'm like, wow, you're exceptionally cool, and. I had to meet a few people like just during that period, during that time. But, and that was like the year I met Lou Ferrigno too. Like it was like, cause he was one of the few like select, like this was before these shows became celebrity written. Yeah. This yeah. is just before it was like, like Lou Ferrigno was sort of like the celebrity that would pop up at this show frequently because Lou just kind of liked doing these shows. He just, he liked it. He enjoyed it. He likes the fans. He likes hanging out with people. And and this was just after Lou Ferrigno, not too much after he got on King of Queens doing guest spots. So he was like, it's like, yeah, I saw you on King of Queens. You're really cool. He's like, yes, that's my favorite show. And <laughs> he, is, he was very exceptionally nice. And this was before, yeah, this was yeah. just a little bit before I started really getting to the Incredible Hulk TV show. So like I knew him, but I never really, but it was like later after I got into the show, I'm like, man, I wish I would meet Lou Ferrigno now. Because I could really talk yeah. to him about Incredible Hulk. Because I actually know that show now. But back then, I did not know that show as well as I did now. But he was very nice. Like, Luke Ferrigno was cool. It was, But it was a definitely a different show. But now when it's like Wizard World Columbus, it's like completely different beast of a show than what it was. Because mm. even the year when it was Middle Ohio Con still, before it became Wizard World Columbus, it became a little more pop culture con a little more, like, it's all a decent artist alley, but it was, you could tell it was starting to get a little bit more leaning into the pop culture con. And so it's, it definitely like leaning into that sort of style. So, but that one year before we became really pop culture con it had a unique style all its own. Being in a, in a hotel in like the midst of like, like not far from a Barnes and Noble in that, in like freaking Columbus somewhere. So well, I have to say, I feel um, I feel bad because I left out a part of um, Robert Pleasant's uh, reply, and it. it's the uh, it's the most fascinating bit because he said um, at the Fanimecon, I also recommend checking out the Cosplay Wrestling Federation's Fanimania show to anyone who goes there. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a competitor in it. That is uh, that is something that I instantly need to know more about. So I need to uh, I'm have to get in touch with uh, Robert and uh, and find out as much as I can about that. Yeah, definitely. I'll have to uh, get him on the show as a uh, as a guest and talk about uh, talk about his uh, his comic uh, fanime uh, wrestling federation. Uh, but um, but guys, um, thank you very much for for, uh, for joining me on this um, San Diego Comic Con special episode. Uh, I'm just going to say that just so we can justify putting in the hashtag on it. Um, but um, <laughs> but yeah, this was uh, this was so much fun. Kate, thank you for joining us again. Um, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Well, thank you for really having good. me. Where can uh, people find you if they want to look for you on the internet? Okay, so um, on Twitter, I'm librarian underscore Kate. The Multiversity Twitter account, which is 90% written by me, uh, 10% written by somebody else when I get pulled into a meeting and can't write tweets, is, multi- <laughs> is at multiversity.com. And I'm librarian_kate7578 on Instagram as well. And I'm, lately, I'm a little more Twitter and Instagram than I really am Facebook, just because my mother's on Facebook and I post things and then I get a phone call about it and I don't want to deal with that. Yeah, everybody's mother's on Facebook. Um, what about you, Wes? Where can people find you? You can find me at, uh, at Geekulated on Twitter um, and also 
you can actually check out my Instagram, uh, Messer Wesley. Uh, mm. Just my my last name and first name reversed. <laughs> my my last name last name Messer and first name Wesley, and on Instagram and and yeah, and also on my website geekulanda.com, and which I've been actually steadily like putting updates on because I'm actually working on Chronicling. Yeah, you started writing there again. I've noticed. I'm doing a weird project called the Sequential Chronicles, in which I am chronicling my comic collection with very weird results as I go through it. Because I'm right now, I'm right now reading this one book called Grifter She, and and basically it's like the first page is like a text nightmare of like out of the mid '90s, and it's like the most ugly font on the planet. <laughs> and it's awful. And I'm like, and I like this is me reading the first page. I was like, what is this? Who the hell wrote this? What poor designer went? What poor designer just like what designer just went? Let's just block. Let's just throw up all this like text and it's like even for the mid '90s it was ugly. It wasn't like Warrior Number One ugly text design. And if you don't know that, look up Warrior Number One text. And I'm sorry, but. <laughs> And, but it's bad. But this was like, oh, like I showed one of my designer friends and she went, oh, that's awful. Like, <laughs> like I can only imagine her face was like, oh, this is bad. It's like, what is this? It's like, it's a random comic I found in like a 50 and like a dollar bin and like a half price in the area. But yeah, that's what I've been doing now. Those the sequential chronicles. Like, I kind of thought, cause like, okay, I have a weird as hell comic life. So this is what the weird comic thing came out. I was like me thinking, I need to figure out a way how to write about all these weird comics I have. So, like, screw it. I'm going to do a comic. Because it doesn't really fit anywhere. Like, this is just me doing, wanting to talk about weird comic books. And um, and I'll, I'll officially announce it once I get a more official schedule. But I'm going to start streaming soon. Um, look for me on Twitch. T on, on Twitch. Hang on. Uh, easy way to find it. Twitch.tv slash Captain Comic Addict. Uh, C-A-P-T Comic Addict. And that's where I'll be starting to stream soon. And it's basically going to I'm be looking forward to that. And I and it's like the basically I'm gonna start streaming like comic I'm gonna start streaming like comic book chats and and I've been also I've also been trying to find some games that won't nuke my laptop and and basically mm. the stream because I still have some I still have thinking and so I was like so I found some like games that I can stream that won't nuke my laptop. So so we're Ruby there. Yeah. But yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Because <laughs> I actually thought, okay, I need to have I need to do something that's a little bit different. It's like Oh, this would be cool. I had I had a couple of streamer pals that might help me figure out how to stream. And that's a funny story for another day down the line. But <laughs> but yeah, it's I've been trying out some new stuff because I thought, okay, I need to do something that's a little bit different. And I, I started making friends with some streamers recently. And and they're a lovely little group called The Nest. Hey dudes. And they've and they based and they pretty much like were helping me out figure out this streaming thing. So yeah. If if you look up the nest on a on a free on there, it's they're very nice people. Um, the head of it's the same. I've also made friends of a couple other people, uh, Space Amanda and and uh, she never streams, but uh, Sammy Smalls does a little bit. So, but and also like Natty Fan and Black Virtue and a couple other and and a uh, Grand Admiral Grand Admiral Thrawn does streaming too, and a couple of people I know I'm missing, but yeah, they're a lovely little group. Take a look at them on Twitch. They're they're who I'm affiliated with because they've been very nice to me. So, and that took a lot longer than I thought. And I am sorry, Matt. And I am. (laughs) That's okay. You're you're up to a lot. You've got your things in many pies at the moment. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> as for me you can find me um i'm at matt loon uh, m-a-t-t-l-u-n-e on twitter and uh you can find me um on multiversitycomics.com uh, where i'm doing uh, this show and i'm also doing a new show new podcast called uh, mother box uh, which is a new gods podcast um uh, which we're doing a read through of jack kirby's new world and uh, new gods fourth world uh, stuff uh, i'm doing that with uh, uh, my co-host uh, paul lie over there um, and uh, you can find this show at that's the issue on twitter uh, you can email the show uh, that's the issue podcast at gmail.com um, and you can find us on apple podcast stitcher all that uh, all that jazz all that nonsense um, but uh, but yeah this was fun guys this was really good i um, hope uh, you have a enjoyable um time kate uh, if you um if and when you do go to any new conventions coming up soon i'll be at flame con in august and god willing and the creek don't rise and they approve my press pass i will be at new york comic con in october amazing well uh, well yeah brilliant that's it then uh, thank you very much uh, join us next month when we'll have another question uh, we'll be sending out in the meantime let us know uh, what your favorite exhibitions cons uh, shows that you've been to how um are and we'll uh, we'll read out some of those if we get some through uh, we'll read them out next month on the show uh, until then uh, that's goodbye from me and goodbye from these guys goodbye bye y'all